Hello and welcome. My name is Ryan Johnson and this is the Saltcast. Today I welcome back Danny, uh, Paul, and Jason on the podcast this morning. Good morning, guys. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. Hey, great to be here, Ryan. I love I love our new system of, of introduction. It's just something I can switch up. Uh, <laughs> and it's just fun. It's fun. It's fun for me. Um, uh, before we get started with the podcast, I wanted to point out that we got some new, some new merchandise. Merch, baby. Let, let's see the back. Thirty years. Thirty years. It's incredible. Uh, we're able to celebrate our thirty-year anniversary in Vegas as a whole firm last week. It was a really good time. Um, it's really good to see everybody and and how much we've grown and changed. So, you know, celebrating that really was fun. fantastic. And I just want to point out. I love to point out positive attributes of people. And um, Ryan. Uh, your lats, your lats, looking <laughs> good. Thank you. Thank you. you know, our thirty, our thirty-year anniversary was a little bit late. We actually celebrated it, or we actually had our thirty-year anniversary back in June of this year. But just scheduling and trying to get everybody together during the summer is a little bit harder, and so, um, you know, thankfully we were able to to gather and, and celebrate in Vegas last week of September. One of the yeah. things I, I liked the most um, was the fact that uh, we were able to have one of the two founding partners in person at that anniversary. Uh, Jerry and his wife Coco were able to come down, and it was great to see them. Um, you know, we, we poured a few drinks out for Andy <laughs> in his <laughs> absence, if you will. Uh, definitely, we're thinking of him. But uh, you know, it's 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 an honor and a privilege to be able to carry on. Um, what they started back in 92 and uh specifically in the sales and use tax space consulting space that's oh, really cool that's so well said uh jerry and coco also known formerly as jerome and colette <laughs> i don't know if you knew that, didn't know that. but uh jerry and coco I didn't know that um are just living phenomenal lives in plano texas um and Andy and Diane, also known as Andy and Diane. <laughs> Andrew. Andrew would be, I guess, the formality there. Um, for those of you who don't know, they're about uh, 20 months. No, no, I've, I've overstated that. They're almost 18 months into a three-year sabbatical in Costa Rica. Um and we stay in touch with them from time to time, but uh, wishing them very, very well. And uh, just we're excited to celebrate. The celebration like this, when you think back on 30 years, I, I posted on LinkedIn and just shared that, you know, the days can be long, but the years are short. And you hear that from a lot of people when they've been somewhere a long time or, you know, we have uh, a third, our oldest son is 31. And to think how quickly it goes, just a snap of a finger when you think back on it. But it allows you to reflect um, on all of the experiences that you've had, all the growth that you've seen personally, professionally, as a firm, individuals. Um, 
it's just a cool experience, but it also inspires you on what the future holds. I have a little joke <laughs> um, about our firm. I mean, we've been around three decades, but be because of our focus on sales tax, because of Wayfair, because of our approach to the marketplace and how we provide our services and what we offer other individuals and also change in uh, executive management, things like that, it feels like a startup. We're not a startup <laughs> software company, but um, our we're not a software and our company. messaging and our approach <laughs> feels like a startup because we're not disrupting the marketplace, but we're adding a level of confidence and peace of mind that I think is really valuable. And so we're improving people's experience when it comes to sales and use tax. And that means a lot to us because we find people I think the most recent survey done is, um, I don't know the percentage, but a lot, a majority of people uh, are struggling with their sales tax processes or they don't like it. And there's this great commercial out there, which I can't remember the name of the company, but they said, you know, what, what if you could pay less and like your service better? What if you didn't even know that there was something out there that could improve your own experience in dealing with sales taxes? Okay, that's the end of our infomercial. We probably should start talking <laughs> well, about um, some tax issues because yeah. that's what this saltcast is about. So, so that just provides really good segue into our conversation today because what we aim to do at Pies and Johnson is to simplify your sales tax responsibilities, so we can help you out there. And a lot of the times. You know, states will make new laws when it comes to sales tax in order to make things more simple. But we all know it <laughs> tends not to make it so simple. It kind of muddies up the water a little bit. And uh, a couple of these states is Pennsylvania and Arizona have uh, changed some of their rules. And regarding, you know, marketplace facilitators and, and you know, inventory. So I was hoping you guys could kind of touch on that and what to expect and and what we can expect for the future as well. Well, I think Arizona changed the rules. I don't I don't I don't know if there was any lawsuits or strong pushback from the industry, but Pennsylvania has not changed the rules yet, but um, they have been part of uh, a lawsuit uh, or a case in relation to inventory inventory is a big deal when it comes to sales tax also a big deal when it comes to state income tax um, but it 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 sounds like the situation in Pennsylvania which by the way we heard a lot about it uh, IPT for those of you who may not know what IPT is it's the Institute for professionals in taxation and uh, they offer some great education we we attended the sales tax symposium which was phenomenal um, and they also provide the the CMI credential after some school, some education, and some uh, pretty intense testing. Um, but they also provide this credential in relation to sales tax, property tax, uh, state income tax, etc. Um, and so they're always on top of some of the most recent cases. But Pennsylvania was talked about quite a bit while we were there. It's interesting when you actually hear about the cases and you read the guidance that's put out by the states. 
um, specifically Arizona and Pennsylvania. I mean, it's something that we continue to talk with um, all of our current clients with, but also prospective clients with. Obviously, uh, step number one in, in our entire process is to determine whether or not you've established Nexus. That's key and pivotal in determining whether or not you have an, even a responsibility to collect the tax. But for the sellers that um, are selling through a marketplace facilitator, it just brings another wrench in the system, right? Uh, from a Nexus perspective, because you have this inventory that's sitting in a warehouse, specifically a third-party warehouse that you don't own. And more times than not, depending on the marketplace facilitator, you don't have control over where that inventory is stored. And so as a result, it, it initially, back in the day, several years ago, um, three, four years ago, as the states were, were rolling this legislation out, it, it automatically established physical nexus for you by definition because uh, inventory that you own, because you do own that inventory, um, and I know there's some arguments out there that you no longer own the inventory when it's in the third-party warehouse, but our opinion is that you still own the inventory. Well, but regardless... <laughs> you may not have control of it. Yes, it, yeah, exactly. So it's interesting when you read the guidance because Arizona, for example, they specifically indicate that if you don't have control over the inventory stored in a warehouse, specifically a third-party warehouse, then they don't treat that as establishing physical nexus. And so that's a, that's a pretty big deal. If you're just selling through a marketplace facilitator, and um, you don't have physical nexus, then you know there's a, a, a really good opportunity for you to simply not be registered or deregister or not worry about getting registered in the future. And that's just one prong to that multi-pronged fork of nexus as it tends to poke and stab you uncomfortably <laughs> because it creates this obligation for you to collect tax from your customer, right? <laughs> So even though you may not have physical nexus, they still have the economic nexus legislation. They still have, you know, the marketplace facilitators are, are still responsible for collecting the tax. But Arizona and Pennsylvania, um, you know, as we're going through this process, and there may be a few other states out there that have specifically indicated and, and you know, made a black and white. But for the most part, most of the states are still in this gray area where they're trying to figure it out, but also, I think, intentionally leaving it gray so that under audit they can have the advantage or make the argument mm -hmm. that you did establish Nexus and you do have this responsibility. And, yeah, you're going to have to pay this tax plus penalty and interest out of, out of pocket because we're here to audit you and we want our money. And so the states aren't going to, to play nice. <clears throat> and as we learned in IPT, there's a number of just court cases after court cases. Massachusetts is being a complete pain in the neck uh, for, uh, for taxpayers when it comes to their obligation and requirement to collect tax in an unruly way. But um, anyway, we don't need to get down that rabbit hole. In the, this instance, it's just important to understand and to know, and something that you know I talk with current clients about just this week. Um, wh where do you have nexus legitimately? Where do you have nexus, and, and what is your responsibility? Because that, if once you have that understanding, then then it's a little bit easier. Um, 
provide you a little bit more peace of mind to understand, okay, how, how do I manage this and what's the best way to go about it? Because even though I may have this obligation and I have this, you know, I've created Nexus, um, I still may want to roll the dice and not register. Now, that's not what uh, the states would prefer, and it's not, you know, legally correct. But from a business perspective, just, you know, business to business, if, if that were the case, then here's, you know, some thoughts on what we see in practice. and It's quite, quite interesting. On, on that note, Paul, it's, um, I, I also have had some uh, conversations around this specific topic this week. Um, one yeah. with, with a current client, the other was with a, uh, CPA actually, that's just trying to clean up a mess for their, their client that's been collecting tax for a while. And, and, uh, it's very important to understand that it's possible to get all the information, right. And, and have a very unbiased, uh, piece of information or source of information. And, and certainly it's, it's very important to talk to a professional and an expert to get all of the information that you possibly can and then ultimately find where you know compliance intersects with a practical business approach for you and one of the things to pay attention to is of course uh, software companies all these automation companies and sales tax software companies can be an incredible resource for information right yeah, that's for as, sure as part of building out you know their platform um, they really need to be a research uh, company to, of course, put together a, a solid software like many of them have, and thus they have lots of information available to you. However, they are going to be very rigid in what they offer as advice, if they offer advice at all, or when it comes to using their solution, they're absolutely going to be very rigid on what they require you to do and, and what they'll even help you do right yeah. when it comes to cleaning up the past registering um just overall like coming up with a compliance plan and then you know implementing that plan yeah. and i brought that up to this particular cpa and then as far as you know using that software partner and then you know but cleaning up the past and just making sure they're doing everything they want to sure enough i went to our uh, partner in our contact within this software company and ask, you know, just to intersect again, find the intersection and say, okay, this company needs to do this and this with you guys, but they also need to do this and this. And right away, the partner said, well, they shouldn't do that. They should do this and this and this, which perfectly aligns with what they require. And I said, you know, sure enough, that's exactly what I knew they would say. Um, but the point being, again, talk to a professional. Don't just rely on, you know, the information you're reading online or don't even necessarily rely on someone that's trying to sell you a certain thing or kind of fit you into this box. You could say, like, make sure you get the information and analyze it and ultimately determine, you know, on a state by state basis, what's best for you. Man, sure. That is such a great point. Great perspective. And you see that every day. You're talking to people every day, Danny uh, and Paul, in, in dealing with these situations. And when you're dealing with a CPA firm or an accounting firm, um, you know, you're know you slightly one step removed, so to speak, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, 
but they're they're running into the same thing right so you could be uh, the owner the the company and you're you're dealing with a software company and you might run into some rigid rules that they have and even some advice that they give um, that may not be in your best interest and may not even be practical based on your fact pattern or your situation as you have, if you're a software company and you're just providing advice on data in data out you have to just offer an aggregate pretty much the same thing to everybody and you're really not taking into an account some of the nuances that people face and, and some of the different situations that they have in their company I do want to reiterate that when you do learn something new because lawsuits happen for different reasons and laws change and it adds complexity because um, Arizona is black and white now on whether inventory you own that you don't have control of is creates nexus for you and they say physical nexus no but they have an economic nexus threshold that you need to be aware of Pennsylvania's up in the air because they they lost and will likely appeal and their position is going to be that inventory that you own and don't control does create nexus and other states have that position and some states may acquiesce and have the position that it's even moot at this point because they have an econo economic nexus law on the books so they're not going to even worry about the inventory that might be in a distribution center for a marketplace facilitator but in the end all I want to reiterate is don't take the change or the understanding or the lawsuit or whatever the case may be for one state and apply it to all states truly when it yeah. comes to sales tax you have to look at it state by state because every state's not going to look at inventory the same way they're not going to have the same thresholds they're not going to look at the same types of sales whether it's gross sales or taxable sales um, they're not going to be even looking at the same time period it could be last calendar year it could be a rolling 12 months every state's going to be different when you're trying to determine if you have nexus and so I just want to reiterate that you have to look at it state by state you have to understand their rules for nexus and determine state by state do I have nexus and then if you do you start looking at the other two questions that we consistently tout which is is what I sell taxable again you gotta look at that state by state and is how I sell my items gonna make me the responsible party for collecting that tax and so I anyway just wanted to reiterate that as part mm -hmm. of our discussion mm -hmm. <laughs> I feel like um, I'm in I church also... and I should hallelujah you know just put my hands in the air and Amen. Mm. Preach it, brother. Preach it. Preach it. <laughs> you know, there's, 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 we have a lot that of tools. Simple amen is fine. You don't have to pray it. I mean, you don't have to. But, but and Paul is coming out. You yeah. could attempt some level of reverence. I mean, uh, you don't have to get out of control. Sometimes just, you know, it overcomes you and you just had to vocalize it. Well, you should this, start uh, singing. This, uh, what you just mentioned, Par, is, is something I've, I've been thinking about. And actually, a, yet another discussion I had just a couple of days ago with uh, a company that, you know, they're only registered in a handful of states and, you know, had a, a Nexus review done, you know, a few years back. And, and oftentimes you, th you think about a Nexus review and like a taxability project being like the start of your compliance journey or, as you grow, right, if you're experiencing growth in your company, it's always looked at as something you do because you need to add more states. Well, with 
this exact topic we're talking about in Arizona, Pennsylvania, and how other states are, are going to follow suit or how they even currently treat inventory, uh, it's actually a very good argument for a nexus review to determine if you can deregister mm. in, in some states. Because it's not just a, a yes or no, either you have nexus or you don't, right? It really is a state-by-state -state analysis like we've talked here of um, how is the state treating your, your inventory? So certainly for Amazon sellers, um, you know, just companies in general that use FBA, it's, it's worth taking a look at this. And especially those that we've seen that have a, a good bulk of their sales on Amazon, and then they might have their website sales, you know, Shopify or whatever site they, they may be using there. And if, you know, if, the state like Arizona does look at inventory that way. Now it's all an economic nexus question for you. And, and some states, in fact, wouldn't count, you know, your wholesale distribution or even Amazon sales towards that threshold. So if, if your website sales or, you know, any direct sales you're making to clients are below that threshold, then you it's know, a that, valid point. It's a really good point. Um, you, you, Again, we don't say go out and deregister because you hear something on our podcast or you see something change at, in a particular state or legislation or because you've done a DIY uh, look at your potential nexus. We don't say go get registered or deregister. We say, hey, jump on a what's next call. Just jump on a call and you're going to talk to someone like Danny or Paul um, and, and myself and we're going to walk you through that state by state. We're going to give you some some good direction that helps you feel more confident about your next step. So if you really believe, hey, this changed and I can deregister or, oh, man, we're in trouble. I should go register right away. Or uh, the software platform company said, hey, you need to do VDAs in 22 states. Don't just do it. <laughs> Don't just go do it. Just get a second opinion. Have a chat doesn't cost anything to have a chat and we'll give you some background and some uh, confidence in whatever those steps are. It may very well be that that's the course that you should take, but after you've chatted with us, you'll take that course with far more confidence um, than if you just step out and do it yourself and potentially, potentially put yourself in harm's way, um, fiscally speaking anyway. Reminds me of something I learned at IPT. If you want to go fast, just go alone. But if you want to go far, you got to go together. Collaboration builds confidence. There's got to be some teamwork there. There's got to be someone that you're bouncing ideas off of, that you're weighing options or considering what this means. And um, who better to, to speak to than somebody who's been in the sales tech space? And it doesn't take much at all, just a little bit of time. Well, and as it relates to uh, Ryan's new shirt, I'm wearing that shirt as well. Holler. If you want to talk to somebody about sales tax, you really should talk to the sales tax people. Yeah, for sure. And I'm going to say amen and hallelujah. <laughs> and we have an endless amount of resources. You know, as, you know, we're trying to release a new website and, you know, one of the big issues we're, coming into is the amount of resources and blogs that we have on these topics is is showing to be a, a, a difficult thing to transfer over. So look at our resources. They are almost endless. We have almost an infinite amount of resources, you know, interactive maps, charts, blogs, other white papers, live chat, what's next call. 
Um, so jump on a call with us and, and get that peace of mind. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast this morning and, and discussing these topics, and we hope to see you on another one.